2: The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place
0: a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. If you had the Browns scoring 28 points in the first quarter, or winning, or the over in that game, then you're feeling good. Go ahead and bet again. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. <laughs> and what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand-new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker, back with you here for a new episode with so much going on, not only with the Clippers, but with the NBA in general. So, first off, Alex, happy to to have you back on the show. We, uh, did, you know, didn't have you on last week, but we're back, you know, full go this week and happy to have you here.
2: No, I appreciate it. Thank you for holding it down, man. And, uh, yeah, everything's good. The family's doing great. Day-by-day um, day process like everybody else is going through these certain crazy situations right now. So, I'm really blessed to pick up the phone and call my loved ones for sure
0: yeah no question about it so uh let's not waste any time let's get right into it because there is so much that has been going down even in the past i was gonna say 24 hours but in the past four hours really you know before we're recording this thing but uh we'll start with some non-clipper related news just because it's such a big bombshell in the nba but james harden in a four-team deal traded to the brooklyn nets uh the rockets get a a big haul back. They get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodian and Kurutz. And essentially, eight first-rounders. Three Brooklyn first-rounders, one Milwaukee, and four Brooklyn pick swaps. Nets get Harden. Pacers get Karis Levert in a second-rounder. And the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. So, we know that's a lot to keep up with. But essentially, Harden to the Nets is obviously the headliner of that. Um, you know, he just had a huge falling out. As we said, so much has happened in the past... 24 hours, but really a a huge falling out with the Rockets that took place last night, at least came to a head last night, and and just like that, he's gone. So just your initial impressions of, of the whole situation with Harden and the Rockets and now the trade to the Nets.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think the Houston Rockets were really put to the test as far as the pressure that Harden put on them. As far as, uh, you know, having a new coach, and they, they try to do everything to build the system around him because he's the golden child for Houston, you know what I mean? And you have a guy of that caliber that can, you know, impact the game the way he does, you know. You, you definitely don't want to see him go. And it was sad the way he actually, you know, wanted to leave the game as far as, I mean, with the Houston Rockets. So uh, it was a kind of a shocking, you know what I mean? Because they threw all the eggs. for They gave him everything know, the the red carpet laid it out for him. And uh, with that being said, though, it's going to be a lot of high-fives, slapping, from guys changing hands and, you know, during the course of the situation as far as um, moving around. You know, um, I think it's going to be, you know, big enough for Houston Rockets to get rid of that load, you know, and that pressure so the other guys can actually just, you know, see that that opportunity that Harden had, it's going to be another opportunity to feel that somebody else can feel that shoes and that void. It's going to be a different style of play that Houston plays, you know? So um, it's going to be a lot of different situations that um, Houston has to get over. But um, Harden is going to be, you know, um, on a team that he has to actually start all the way over now. You know what I mean? And build chemistry from these guys is actually proven veterans. There's no more like, it's my show. You got three, two of the best of the best in the, on the game. Um, from Kyrie Irving to um, Durant, you know, so it's going to be a change. What do you think about that situation going
0: on? Yeah, like you said, it's so interesting because for for Brooklyn, obviously the, the play is you're getting, you mentioned the talent, of three of the best scorers in the world on one team. Uh, so you understand the the reasoning behind it, but at the same time, it's, it's a volatile situation. And this is a Nets franchise that, granted, different circumstances, but, you know, tore apart their franchise trading for, you know, back in the day, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and traded basically every pick they had. They're doing that again. This is for a younger, more in his prime superstar to, to join with, with a couple of great players. But it's it's a risk just for what is going on with or has been going on with Harden and, of course, what's been going on with Kyrie Irving. With, you know, he's pretty much been MIA. You know, he obviously, for personal reasons, uh, has not been playing. You know, he was later found and is now under investigation for being at a, his sister's birthday party without a mask, and he was on a Zoom call for a political event while the team was playing a game yesterday, so you know, it, it's just, you know, the talent is obviously overwhelming, but at the same time, I, you know, I am skeptical if they're a championship team, like everyone, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're automatically a draw to the finals, and they have the talent, but they have no bench now, they have a volatile locker room, um, we were yeah. talking a little bit before the show like Harden you know he's he still puts up numbers right now but he's aggressively out of shape you know the, there's the picture was one thing but you watch him play he's 15 20 30 pounds overweight right now and you know he's got to work himself back into shape and uh yeah. you know for for everything I, I i think it's a a worthwhile risk for Brooklyn but it's not something that i think is an automatic success so I, i'm either way it's going to be must watch but uh, you know I'm not I wouldn't bet my money on them winning a championship this year this year that's just how I'll put it
2: No for sure I don't think anybody's going to be pretty much too scared of them um uh, because they have to prove themselves just like any team that builds this colossal team like they normally do um but you know for the most part um man I I see <laughs> I see he got... They have to really... Brooklyn really has to actually entertain this guy to making him stay. You know what I mean? I don't think this was a, a, a choice that he wanted to, to come, on board, uh, come on board. But for the most part, they got to entertain it and see if he's going to be able to last in Brooklyn um, throughout the course of his career. You know, so they gave up a lot of pieces. That's what I'm trying to get at in a nutshell, that they gave up a lot to get this guy over here. So I hope they are willing to understand what they have and the kind of person he is, you know, not just as far as a basketball player, but off the court as well. If they can manage that too, so it's a huge factor.
0: Yeah, I mean, all by all accounts, Harden did want to go to Brooklyn, but like you said, he's gonna, you know, it's not going to be the same setup as it is in Houston. And you know, I heard you know some analysts talking about you know if Harden, it, like he did back in the the Thunder days, which is a long time ago now, would you know cut off the ball more than that could make it work a lot. But Harden hasn't cut off the ball in seven years so you know it's it's going to be an adjustment to to see if that works as you said the the talent is there but um yeah no i'm i have my a little bit of you know skepticism towards it as well and i guess the one maybe silver lining for for the nets outside of the great talent you don't i'm not going to trash it too much they got an amazing player uh and the best player in the deal but you know if if for whatever reason it isn't working out then i think we'll see very quickly that the odd man out would not be Harden or Durant. It would probably be Kyrie Irving with seeing how upset their management is with him right now. So maybe he, you know, looking forward, if it's not working, he's probably the guy that would be the odd man
2: out. Yeah, for sure. I got to say this too. It's it's pretty an odd situation that Steve Nash is in for his first year. You know, you can only imagine <laughs> him going home as stressed that he is, you know what I mean, for your first year alone, but dealing with a lot of this stuff and and uh, it's a good problem, but at the same time, it is a problem, you know. Um, yeah, but as far as the Kyrie Irving situation, everybody really wanted to see Kyrie Irving play um, in Brooklyn because that's the team that he wanted to play for. Um, he had a hoop dream of playing for this team, and you know, the admiration that he had for the, for the club and the history and stuff like that. So the fans really wanted to see, you know, the Kyrie Irving put on the show. Um, but he's not giving it to him right now. I don't know why or or where his head at. Um, and I can't say no. It's not in basketball because when he is playing, he's he's Kyrie Irving. You yeah. Know, he's unstoppable. He's he's cooking. He's killing. But they need that every single time. That's what they're paying him one point x amount of million dollars um, for his contract. You know, we we got to have that situation where you know, Kyrie is going to be accountable for similar to what Durant is doing. You know what I mean? Playing on one leg. So, um, when he's able to play Durant, he's going to play and he's going to be Kevin Durant. So, um, with that nucleus of, of that attitude that Durant has, if they instill that from Kyrie and get that back, and, you know, bring on Harden who's a phenomenal player, unstoppable in the size that he is right now. You know what I mean? I can only imagine when he does get in shape, but, um, for the most part, it'll be a tough team for
0: sure. Yeah, it'll be a tough team. And as you said, it's uh interesting for Steve Nash and what he'll have to do for for two guys that arguably are probably maybe the two most difficult to pin down in terms of their personality, like we were just saying with with both Harden and, and Kyrie, where, you know, there's, a, there's obviously a lot going on in the world in, in many different ways. And it's understandable for, for Kyrie why basketball might not be the number one focus. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, you know, You didn't opt out in the beginning of the season. You've got your teammates out there. You know, you're on at birthday parties and Zoom calls and things instead of, like you said, fulfilling your 30-something million-dollar-a-year contract. And, you know, this is year two for Kyrie. He's played 27 games in a year, in a a quarter, basically, for the Nets. So, uh, you know, he's got to get out there. And then same thing for Harden, like you were alluding to with Houston. Uh, You know, granted, Daryl Morey wasn't there anymore. Mike D'Antoni who is there in Brooklyn with them was um, not in Houston anymore. So, you know, some of his support system that he trusted, but there's never been a team more catered to one guy than to James Harden and Houston and the way that they played. So for him to mm-hmm. get, you know, that upset and uncomfortable and want to leave so badly when, you know, the talent really hadn't diminished that much. It was just different. You know, John wall, Christian Wood, DeMarcus cousins. They were still a talented team, but for whatever reason, he was just, he was just done with them. So it's a, a lot of moving parts there, but uh it'll be really interesting to see if it works or not in Brooklyn.
2: Yeah, yeah. On a side note though, I think uh um Oladipo he he um he's going back to the Indiana Pacers, he said, right?
0: Oh, he's going to he's going to the Rockets from the Pacers, yeah. He's going
2: to the Rockets. Oh, okay. That's love. That's love for sure. Yeah, that's big time right there. I think um John Wall is gonna be able to play with him and it's gonna be a great, great um
0: Balance for those two to actually bounce off each other for sure. Yeah, I, li- I like that risk for for both teams. I think for for the Rockets, you know, if Oladipo, you know, isn't killing it, he's you know on a on the last year of his contract, so a sp- an expiring deal. They can either re-sign him or you know wipe their hands and get the cap space. And uh, mm-hmm. for for Indiana, they don't have to make that decision of spending maybe bigger money than they wanted to, and they lock up mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe an equally slightly less talented guard and Karis Levert who's had a great season. So I think, you know, that was win win all around for them and then the Cavs just kinda of jumping in and and grabbing Jared Allen for basically nothing was nice for them as well. So I think there you know there's winners all around in this trade and a a lot of talent moving around. For sure. For sure. Yep. Yeah, and, and as we we move forward, uh, before we get to the the Clippers in general, uh, we know one of the focuses of the season of course is just battling uh, the coronavirus, uh, you know, outside of the bubble this time, and we've really seen in the past week and a half, two weeks, the the first real struggles for the NBA, which we saw, you know, previously in the NFL and Major League Baseball, but uh, you know, games postponed because players are either having to go through the safety protocols and quarantine, or they don't have enough players to suit up for a game. Um, we know the NBA just came out the other day about getting stricter essentially with their guidelines for the players but just what have your thoughts been about uh some of these postponements uh in just the nba trying to deal with this as the as the coronavirus really kind of rages on in the country
2: no i think it's good you know um the spikes are getting crazy around the u.s right now and it's driving a lot of things into panic mode and the, the NBA is a no tolerance you know league as far as you know, um, they're not just gonna not do anything at all. If They have one situation. They're gonna get put a hundred percent attention for those you know that are in need as far as with the virus or anything like that. So they're trying to protect their people, you know and, and I love that situation. I love what they've always been doing as far as um, the bubble. Um, they also like bringing guys in as far as the, you know, the the fans a little bit, you know, to the side to see, you know, if this is going to work out, you know, spreading them out. Um, they're always trying new things. Um, but it's always for the fans sake and the fan, you know, as far as the players as well, most importantly, but, you know, they're trying to make it, you know, as best as possible, um, feel normal to a point where, you know, um, the, the situation is really, you know ugly you know you don't know what's gonna happen so I think it's gonna be good for them to actually um take the situation serious like they have been doing and um you know always been a point to um react to the, the way they have been doing as far as following up into it so uh yeah,
0: yeah I mean it, it's tough like we knew i we saw it in the other sports like I just mentioned that uh you know if you're gonna go ahead and, and have the teams play in their home arenas and travel around that Uh, unfortunately this is kind of the nature of the things and we know this the the league is just trying to as safely as possible but trying to get through this season so they can keep you know the salary cap numbers high and keep the money rolling in uh and try to do it as safely as possible but you know this is why uh we saw from the beginning they released you know one half of the season schedule with that break that comes you know in march or whenever it's going to be uh, so they could have potentially room you know, a week or two to fill in these games that they knew would have to be postponed. So it's, you know, it is scary if it, if it, if it gets worse, then they might have to think about, you know, pausing things for a week or two, but you know, as it stands now, you know, it's, it's, it's a no win situation. So, you know, I think making sure the protocols are as strict as they can be and really reiterating to these guys who we know have it tough, they got to just stay in their house or their hotel, uh, but you know that's just what it has to be that's kind of what everyone else in the country is going through as well uh you know sure. they they get the uh you know the blessing to play basketball and make money during this as well and we know the risks but uh yeah. you know i think yeah you know, i think they're trying to do as much as they can but uh we'll we'll see we'll see if they can get through it and if not if they have to try to come up with another you know bubble situation for later in the year yeah
2: yeah i think that gap is helpful for sure to 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 fill in those those missing games, yeah, that's pretty huge and pretty smart to
0: think ahead of that situation, too. Yeah, no yeah. question. So we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to get into some Clippers basketball. So you're listening here on the Believe Podcast Network.
1: Hey, guys, it's a new year, and every day is a fresh start for you to just live. Travis was trying to here to tell you exactly why I teamed up with Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, and Paul Rodriguez to launch our new wellness brand, Just Live. As professional athletes, we put ourselves through a lot, physically and mentally. So we found to just live around all-natural, THC-free CBD products. Being from the East Coast, I was pretty skeptical about CBD products. But as an athlete, it's easy to see when something works. And when my dad was at wit's end, living in a fog of painkillers, severe lack of sleep, numerous surgeries later, I recommended he try CBD. It allowed him to get an extra couple hours of sleep, and it made all the difference to get my dad back on his feet. So don't go another day with pain. Inflammation or lack of sleep. I recommend trying Just Live today. These are products we fully trust and stand behind because we want you to be able to go out and just live. So get 20 percent off your order with code Armchair at JustLive.com. That's 20 percent off at JustLive.com with the code Armchair. What do you live for?
0: And we're back here on the Believe Podcast Network on the Believe in Clippers podcast. All right, Alex, let's get into some Clipper talk right now. Uh, as it stands, they've got a game. We're recording this here on a Wednesday they play tonight against the Pelicans so we're not going to know the result of that one um, as we put this up but before going into that game seven and four right now on the season uh, you know a season so far obviously the winning record is nice uh, what you'd expect uh, there's been some nice surprises some disappointments as well um, what stands out to you so far just from general observation of, of what you've seen from this team and, and what, what you like and, and what you dislike
2: uh, for me personally, I've, I've seen, um, I've seen growth in a short period of time. Um, we illustrated as far as, you know, the, the 75 days they had to get everything back in the situation as far as playing wise, um, their nucleus is really different, you know, as far as the bench, as far as even the starting five, as far as with Batum in there, uh, throwing wrinkles like that. So um, it's hard to get um, a jail mixture, um, but they're doing a you know, they're doing the best they can, and as well as throwing in a brand-new coach as well, too. We talked about that. So uh, it's it's going well. I, I think, um you know, a lot of pieces are falling in. People are actually seeing roles that they can actually fulfill. And uh, for the most part, I think the bench is really, you know, a, a key piece that they need to fulfill for sure. I think a lot of players are not fulfilling that role as far as stepping up, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw really... I think we know Ty Lue went and talked to to Lou Williams. You know, I think obviously you mentioned the new system and kind of the things they're trying to get going. And we saw that he basically, you know, said he gave a ten game increment to have Reggie and Lou and Luke Kennard out there. And basically, Mm -hmm. for the next ten, he's taking Reggie Jackson out of that rotation and letting Lou kind of have the ball in his hands more in the second unit. And he responded with his best game of the year against Chicago in the last game. So hopefully. That unlocks Lou to be, you know, what we've expected from him the past couple of years. But, yeah, no, your your point is right on. The Clippers starting five unit by the metrics is outscoring teams by the best in the league, but their bench has been terrible straight up. So, you know, that, yeah. that's something that, that needs to improve. Obviously, Lou Williams getting back to his normal scoring self will help that. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, some of the guys that we know are talented just need to, to play better. And, you know, Marcus Morris, of course, missed... The first chunk of the season he's back and will help that second unit um but you know we've we've sung the praises of zubats a lot uh you know he has not been very good this season and he's looked off compared to what we've seen from him so that has to improve and and you know luke canard is shooting the three-point ball well but overall for his value and what they just gave him for a contract he you know he has to be he has to be better (laughs) as well so you know they for for what they are investing in him um you know you see the flashes here and there but it just has to be way more consistent
2: yeah for sure i think they got to take chances you know what i mean they're here for a reason and um i'm not saying just to win a championship but they're here because they they play you know clipper basketball canard canard can play ba- basketball to the highest limit i've seen the first game that he played especially even with the clippers you know it was he was really engaged and 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 to that point but you know they're kind of in a slump you know the whole bench uh, thank God, William, um, Lou Williams is actually, you know, he's a gunner, you know what I mean? He's going to get his regardless. He just needs time, you know, and just the ball and opportunity and a whole left side, and he's good, you know? So, um, yeah, like you said before, uh, Morris is actually here for the whole season, from the beginning of the season, so he's going to get a fair shot, and um, yeah, that, that's the biggest part right there. These guys, like Reggie Jackson, needs to step up for sure, too, and Get get a lot of load off of these guys that are actually playing substantial minutes. Uh, Pat Beverly, 25 minutes, and you know Paul George. This is it's a lot of minutes that these guys are playing just to win a game against the the Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? That they could be actually just beaten by 15, 20 points easily if they
0: just knock it in, lock in. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's one thing too. You know, you look at the team right now. The like we said, the the starting has been great. The the half court offense has been great. I think their pace, they're at one of the slowest paces in the league right now. Um uh, so uh-huh. th- while the offense is good, I think they could play with with more pace and you know on the flip side of that, you would expect a team with this personnel and this versatility to be a lockdown defensive team. We know they have that potential and we've seen it in flashes, but the defense has not been very good and that, you know, that's definitely concerning. Obviously new coach, some new philosophy, so you would expect that to improve, but that's uh-huh. definitely got to get better and then you know, the thing, you know, people will say it's it's early in the season, it's a new group, it's a new team, teams blow leads all the time. All of that is true, but you know, watching the game against Phoenix where they they hung on to win, but they were up 31 points and almost lost that game. The game against the Warriors, they were up 22 and complete control and ended up losing that game. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean everything at this early in the season, but with, with knowing what happened last year in the playoffs, that's very, very concerning that you know that would still be a problem for this team. So that's something that's at least highlighted as a concern right now, if not a if not a panic mode.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's something that's 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 gonna bite them in the ass in the in the long run. I think you know. So they have to be prepared for that. Um, most importantly, just closing out games. You know that second half of the. Of the start off um just not being comfortable and relying on talent like they always do i don't know if that's like a clipper bug where they just clippers have always been talented throughout the the history of the clipper nation you know what i mean it's just they rely on talent so much it's got to be really something where they can actually count be accountability for you know their actions and knowing what they're going to get and not just relying on you know their talent from that standpoint but You know, for the most part, they've been been doing an amazing job as far as rebounding. Uh, We need Zubox back as far as what he was in the bubble. Um, And that would be a lot more um, of a load off as well, too, for sure. Um, A presence like like Zubox that he's been playing, that he was playing in the bubble is pretty amazing. You know, it's pretty good to watch the consistency that he had. Um, And I know he has it. He's capable of doing it. Um, Again, just need more minutes and more time and confidence for sure.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one thing, you know, obviously we're talking about our concerns. One thing that's been, you know, extremely encouraging, and we were both, you know, we talked about it. We were both guys that thought the Nick Batum signing was a good one. But even by, you know, our estimation, I, he he's playing so much better than I could, could have even imagined. You know, he obviously so, getting thrown into the starting role with Morris out initially and then playing so well that Marcus Morris was like, hey, I'll just come off the bench and let the starting unit continue to rock as it is. So... You know mm-hmm. Nick Batum and what they, you know, the value for signing him at a minimum contract and the way that he's playing has been just huge for this team and you know such a big boost in in a lot of areas and you know shooting, defensive versatility, playmaking at the forward position. It's been a,
2: mm-hmm. he's
0: been a huge help to the team in one of the big bright spots so far.
2: No, for sure. Um, he's a guard that can play multiple positions. Um, he's just out there on that floor. I, I really believe that you know. Um, the the string that he that he gives for the coaches is really good to a point where they can rely on him, knowing that they're going to get something out of him, and that's just basically consistency. You know, they they leave him out there for that. They know what they're going to get out of him, and um, that's the beauty of having a player that's a veteran like that uh, moving forward for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing we should highlight as well, we mentioned, you know, for for some of the struggles that we've seen defensively, offensively, the team has really been off the charts and while they're not number one by any means in attempts, they're number one in three-point percentage in the whole league. So uh, we, go. We, we've seen, you know, we talked about that before the year. Ty Lue, you know, spreading the offense out a little bit and, of course, having a stretch five like Ibaka helps that. But the three-point mm-hmm. percentage up and down the lineup, almost every key player on the team is over 40%, which is just uh, unheard of.
2: Mm-hmm. And Ibaka, too, as well.
0: Yeah, Ibaka's had, you know, obviously volume not as much, but you know, he's he's hitting the three as well and you know, his offense has been up and down. He went through a little mini shooting slump for a couple of games, but now he's yeah. been he's been great as well and you know, it it gives you hope that the team, you know, when they're at their best, they can be really 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 good. It's just about again finding that consistency, especially in closing out games when you have a lead.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's always been that Clipper Itis, you know, I from that standpoint, uh, just trying to open that door and, you know, allowing teams to back in and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, just having that tenacity and that, that energy to actually lock in, similar to what the Lakers are doing. You know, I know this is a Clippers show, but they really close out games and they're having fun on it, too. They can care less who's in front of them. Um, and It's crazy, you know, watching those guys play. But I know that the Clippers have that in them. I know the Clippers can actually – and we'll see it too. It's going to be a long season. We're going to see some ups and downs. Um, it's going to be a lot of things that we look into as far as with the Clippers. So, I got my seatbelt on, and I know it's going to be a bumpy ride. But you know, we we, we got to get over this one hump as far as you know that playoff situation, and uh, whatever we need to do from that standpoint, um, let's get it going. We got to do it, man, for sure.
0: Yeah, whatever that that PTSD from the playoffs is, and and you know when you're up twenty points, just you know keep the keep the foot on the gas and keep going. We've just seen, you know, with this team, it and, and like you said, it's kind of been a part of the the DNA of even previous teams of the Lob City teams, and, and this is clearly different personnel, different coaches, everything. But uh, even beyond the big leads, there's been a couple of games this season, the Spurs game, you know, early in the Bulls game, where you know granted those are early starts in the day but uh, you know for a team that's a veteran team too like how at this point are you still starting games slower not having the right energy or the right effort when well, we know that's really the only issue for the team if you have the right energy and effort you're gonna put yourself in a position to win every game uh yeah it's just you know uh, you're you're obviously a player what's what's the mindset of that when you know you're you're just not ready or not focused you know when a game starts
2: Man, I think it goes all the way down to the preparation, all the way from the the hotel. You know, of, of the distractions that's going on. Um, you know, it's not it's not so much as far as the person, the player, but as much as like the, bringing the the unified, um, the unity to to this together. You know what I mean? As far as the team and stuff like that, they don't have the chemistry where they can actually go out and go to each other's house, due to the situation, and bring some some uh, some comfort for one another. Um I think that's the biggest thing right there is just everybody's separated, everybody's closed in and they probably see each other when the game is, you know, about to start off, you know, from that standpoint or when they have practice. So, um it's a big big point to to a lot of things. I was going to allude to the fact that what you said from the beginning is probably they don't know their identity as far as what everybody can do. And that's probably with the fast break situation of when to push the ball or when to slow down. I think they're still in that question bubble, uh, when to slow down and take it easy, when to keep it going and keep revving it up, though. So uh, what do you think, actually, by seeing the games? What do you think? Is that like something that they that you see that they're struggling in as far as when to push the tempo and when to slow it down and stuff?
0: Yeah, you know, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm in the mix right now between, you know, not wanting to be overly positive with knowing just how this team has has played and and how the what they're coming off of last year, and not be overly negative because it is early in the season. It is a lot of new pieces, a new coaching staff. So I do think there is that element of this team working out some of the kinks. And you know, we we saw Ty Lue; he's tinkering with things. You know, we mentioned him kind of switching the bench lineup the other day. You know, down the stretch against Chicago, he went with a lineup that we haven't had a chance to see just due to the injuries, but he basically closed the game with with no center on the floor. He had, you know, Batum and Morris with Kawhi and Paul George and Patrick Beverly, which is, you know, a really fun and good lineup. So I think he's tinkering with different combinations and is trying to see what works, which is partly the reason why you see maybe some of the, the disconnect in certain moments. Um, yes. So I think I think that for that reason I said there's there's definitely not a need to panic, but you would just love to see, you know, once they get rolling and get going. Uh, th- there were two games in particular back to back a couple weeks ago where they, they you know wire to wire they beat Minnesota by 23. The next night they did the same thing to Portland uh, on a back to back and beat them by 23. And okay. you, you know you know teams are gonna make runs, but with a team this talented, just having that mental toughness when adversity comes to not let the entire lead blow, get dwindled away and, you know, push back when you get pushed against. That's kind of what I'm looking to see from this group and, you know, hopefully see more of a, in the upcoming games.
2: For sure. Yeah. That's strong. That's strong. Yeah. It's true.
0: Yeah. So we know for the, for the Clippers team, we mentioned, um, and we talked about it a little bit on the last episode when, when you weren't here, but just the, the schedule coming up for the team. Now they're, you know, we've seen there's no easy games in the NBA, but uh, you yeah. look at the, the upcoming or the rest of the month, uh, it's definitely a stretch, or I think we're talking about the Clippers building and trying to get, you know, rally off wins. I think if there's a time, this is kind of the time right now. You've got, uh, I mentioned the Pelicans game tonight, you know, listed that Zion Williamson is out tonight for, you know, safety reasons with the protocols. So, you know, that that automatically makes that game a game you have to win just without New Orleans and one of their best players in the lineup. Uh, and then you look down the rest of the month, as you said, not easy games, but, you know, games you think you should win. At the Kings, you're at home versus the Pacers, at home again versus the Kings, two games versus the Thunder, uh, and then you go on the road out east with the Hawks, the Heat, the Magic, the Knicks. Uh, you know, those are, as you said, there's definitely going to be tough games in there, but I think a real opportunity to kind of get the continuity going and, and potentially get a win streak if you're playing your best basketball. For
2: sure. No, for sure. I think so. Those, Those are... I mean, every game is tough for sure. Even these young young teams with these nucleus of the young core is is, is really strong. You know what I mean? And it's scary to a point where you don't know uh, the scouting report of what these guys are going to do. The Pelicans are definitely a team just starting off from that standpoint. of You don't know what you're going to get out of them. You know, you got Zion Williams out of this situation, but still – they have a great group of guys that actually can put it on the floor. And it all boils down to what we're talking about from the beginning is we don't know what the hell we're gonna get out of the Clippers, you know. So it goes hand in hand from that standpoint. What Clipper team is gonna show up for this game? You know, are they gonna to play to the temple of the Pelicans or are they gonna rise up and play clipper basketball that we know that they can play? You know, and they're gonna to have to bring that situation of leveling up and having teams play that at their level rather than them playing at their level. You know what I mean? So um, that's the huge piece right there. So, um, again, I, I got I got my, my seatbelt on and I got my popcorn and I'm definitely mm-hmm. enjoying the show as far as every single game. And uh, we'll see what happens for sure. But I have no, um, how should you say, no, no. <laughs> I hope that, I, I pray that the, the, they can come out, you know, on top, uh, win ratio-wise. But uh, for, the, for the most part, um you don't know for real what the Clippers are going to bring.
0: Yeah, and and like you said, I think the bench is a big key in that, and uh, we know how good Marcus Morris can be. I think as he works his way back more, gets more, you know, he obviously has only played a couple of games coming off that knee injury. You know, the healthier he gets, I think he can provide a lot of spark there. But, um, you know, having Lou perform like he did in that Chicago game and like we've seen in the past, and and again, kind of those – those two other key guys in Luke Kennard and, and Zubats in particular, I think they need more out of both of them and, and really so in Kennard for, for what he can do shooting and handling the ball off the bench. So, um, you know, bench wise, that would probably be my biggest focus in this next subset of games to see, you know, if he can take it up another notch and kind of help the bench fulfill what they, what they can be.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. You got to play to a uh, Lou Williams caliber. You know what I mean? And, Lou Williams has always been pushing the needle throughout his whole career, so uh, yeah, they got they got a leader on that bench that actually can go. They just need to go with him for sure.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned and we should mention before we sign off the, you know, we, we've talked about the challenge that so many people have put on Paul George. Uh, you know, got to mention Paul George has been fantastic this season so far. He's having that those numbers that he you know he said he would get back to. So he's done that. Kawhi mm-hmm. has been doing his usual thing and. As we said, the, the shooting from a lot of the guys, Beverly, Batum, Ibaka, uh, the starting five has been really great. So that's uh, you know something that's been encouraging at least.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Paul George is talking about he wants to be NBA-caliber player, and um, he's definitely living up to that expectation. Uh, it started off to me really personally with the Laker game that he had, and it was phenomenal. Like, he brung it. And uh, he hasn't looked back from that standpoint. It's ironic to me, really, <laughs> always how, how amazing that Kawhi brings a whole game, not just a, a small piece of, like I can score. He brings a whole package. And he's still, like, you know what I mean? He doesn't get the respect that's given. and uh, But, yeah, he's a machine, man. And, and I love watching his game, you know, his, his basic fundamentals of counters, you know what I mean, getting to the basket and just being a a threat all the time, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's good watching these guys play. Uh, The bench bench needs to step it up, like, again, but, you know, the the starting five is doing an amazing job, you know, really good.
0: And, And on your point about Kawhi, he's one of those players, you know, of course he's one of the best players in the league, but, you know, there's a handful of players in the league when you talk about you can notice it on the screen or if you're there live, you know, normal times, when it's late in the game and they start taking over a game just by sheer will, you know, they'll get to their spots. They'll, you know, rattle off five, six made baskets in a row just because it's that time of the game. And it's incredible seeing Kawhi do that when he does get in that role. He did it against Chicago, obviously with that crazy third quarter, you know, LeBron obviously does that Curry, uh, you know, Durant, you know, the guys that you would put in that category is just super duper stars that you, you know, when they're taking over a game you know Kawhi's on that list and on that level and when he reaches that level it obviously makes them tough to beat
2: no for sure we call it we call a uh, pickup or a gangster and it's pretty much <laughs> he's just gonna get a bucket no matter what you know what I mean it's unstoppable he's gonna get to a spot and there's nothing you can do for sure so um yeah he's a gangster for sure um <laughs> he's a huge guard man he's a big guard which is amazing to watch him play uh so uh, yeah, hopefully these guys will pull off a win one game at a time. From that standpoint, man, what, what do you think about the situation as far as the Pelicans? This game coming up uh, today.
0: You know, um, like always, I'm, I'm, you know, I go into every game unless it's, you know, you know, matchup with the Lakers, and even then, you know, this team has the talent where they, I think they should win whoever they're playing against. So it's, you know, it's no different mm-hmm. against against the Pelicans, especially with Zion out. The the thing that I would look for that we've seen in past years, teams, you know, back when the team was under Doc. Uh, and he even mentioned it, you know, through the games, when when a key player for another team was out, he almost didn't like that as much because he knew his team could have a letdown. So that's what I'm going to look for in the game against the, yeah. in the Pelicans. Do the Clippers yeah. have the right energy at the start of the game? Uh, you know, do they have any sort of letdown because Zion isn't playing in the game? That's really what I'm looking for. And then obviously, if they are able to get out to a big lead, can they sustain it? Can they build on it? Can they not give the lead back? So th- those those are the things. But as far as expectations, I expect that they they come out and win the game at home against the Pelicans.
2: Let's go. Let's
0: All right, go. so, yeah, we'll see. The Clippers can do just that. Uh, and we'll be back again. We're getting this thing back rocking and rolling every week here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Alex, thanks so much, uh, as always. And, uh, of course, we'll let the people know they can find us wherever they get their podcasts. Throw up the the five-star rating on Apple if you're there, and uh, and follow us at Believe.com where you can find this show and several others. But uh, Alex will be back again next week to do it again. Let's go. So that's it. Thanks for listening, as always, here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips.